Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our collective heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was an amazing week for those who live in Houston. All you have to do is hear the name Springer to put a smile on your face because that man played an incredible series. And for the first time ever, the Houston Astros are the champions. And I was not one of the millions of crazies that made it down to the parade, but I did want to be there. Because it's so exciting when you see a city get so wound up in this, 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 this thing called sports and get so excited, and then you hear the, the amount of respect that's given to guys with names like George Springer or Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa. And you know that there is no other name more famous, that brings so much more excitement than those names at this place and at this time. I dare you to try to find an authentic George Springer jersey for under a couple hundred dollars right now. And if you do, I wear medium. No. It... It's a hard thing to get because you know the value of that and people are raising his name up above all else. He is the most valuable player of the World Series and my guess is, my prediction is that Altuve in the coming weeks will be voted as the most valuable player for the regular season. They had an incredible year. And it's amazing what we do with guys who are valued to be indispensable. So now work with me as we transition from the fun, but not really all that important in the long run of things topic of sports, to the absolutely indispensable topic of your salvation. There is no other name that is more valuable. There is no other name that can even come close to the name of Christ when it has to do with your relationship to God. And on this Sunday where we are bringing to a close this idea of the truth at all costs, meaning we will give up everything to maintain and to stand firm on these truths, it is so fitting that we conclude with a Sunday which simply says, if we are not standing on Christ in that name alone, we won't be standing for long. No other name will do. So listen, as I, as I read from Acts chapter 4, and I want you to listen. It's at the very end. I'm giving you a little hint for that phrase, no other name. And listen to what Peter ascribes to that name and how important it is. So starting from, from Acts chapter 4 with verse 1, we'll go through verse 12. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. 
They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It's the word of our Lord. This is really an exciting part of Scripture. Peter and John are out and about in the streets of Jerusalem after Christ's death on the cross, after his resurrection. And they can't help but talk about the name of Jesus. And there is no other name that creates such a mess. Do you realize that there's no other name that causes such problems as Jesus? You don't have to look through this section more than once or the section before, or the section after, to see that Jesus causes issues. In Jerusalem, the issue was this. All of the leaders were in a tizzy. And because what had happened was, in chapter 3, John and Peter were walking through Jerusalem, and they came upon a man who was crippled from birth, couldn't walk, And as most cripples at that time were, he was relegated to being a beggar, relying on the mercies of those passing by that he might receive a a coin or two in order to, to live his life. And in one of the coolest sections, the beggar comes before, or Peter and John come before the beggar, and the beggar's asking, and Peter says these words, he says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk. Oh, man. There he is, invoking the name of Jesus. But what a mess that causes. A man crippled from birth begins to walk, and he starts telling the story about those who who healed him physically in the name of Jesus, and the people in Jerusalem, the leaders in particular, are in a panic. The leaders are not happy about this. 
it says at the very beginning, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, which were kind of like the ruling party, but also spiritual leaders, they were upset. Because the name of Jesus is bringing problems to their lives. And you know why it's bringing problems. It's because Jesus was at odds with the message that they were saying. And man, what a mess Jesus was causing with Peter and John. I mean, here they are, living in the the glory of the resurrection, walking around telling people, and they ended up in jail because of it. What a mess this name of Jesus brings. And that reminds us of maybe another event 500 years ago. This is, after all, the culminating Sunday of the, the series on the Reformation Truths. And whether you know this story or not, or, or whether you went to that film about the life of Martin Luther or not, I want you to picture this stand. It's where a man who was a, a priest, and having read in Scripture about who Jesus is, and looking out at the practices of the church and in politics of the day and saying, What's going on out there is not matching up with what I'm seeing in Scripture. In Scripture, I see that Jesus is the one and only Savior. And it doesn't matter if I buy indulgences as if I could purchase my forgiveness of sins. It doesn't matter how much I beat myself up. And he comes to the realization that it's Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus And he is called to task by the authorities of the day. And there he is, one man in front of the leaders of the church and the leaders of the Holy Roman Empire, told that you either shut your mouth or you will be be condemned. Man, no other name causes so many problems except for the name of Jesus. And you know why that is? Because Jesus changes everything. And he causes the same problem in our hearts when he challenges us. Because everything that the leaders of Luther's time and everything that the leaders at Paul, excuse me, at Peter and John's time is the same as is in our own heart. The real problem behind the problem that Jesus causes is that we naturally are turned into ourselves rather than outward to Christ. We naturally look at Jesus as someone who challenges the institution of our own works. And so it bothers us Jesus causes problems in my spiritual life when he comes and with all of the force of the Holy Word, he reveals to me that my sin is not just a little stain on one portion of my clothing, but that it is a deep-rooted part of who I am. Jesus causes problems because he tells me that from the get-go, I had no chance and that there is not a single thing that I can do to get out of it. 
Jesus' word, when it stands by itself, reveals to you and to me the extent to which we are helpless. And that causes problems. This other day I was thinking about Brazil, which I do every once in a while. I saw some messages come my way from some some former members of the congregation that I helped serve in Brazil. And as I was thinking about Brazil, just random things come into my mind. Um, and, and I was thinking about the flag of Brazil. Do you guys know the flag? It's kind of green. It's got the world or a globe in the middle. But maybe what you don't remember is that there are some words scrolled across it. Orden y progreso. Order and progress. It's the motto of the country. Order and progress. And I won't give you the, the whole background, but it, it, it comes from a philosophical movement called positivism, which is just really another form of humanism. Order and progress. It was the motto of a country that was actually saying we can do well in and of ourselves, we do not need God anymore because if we all rally our resources together and hold hands as humans through order and through progress, we can make a way in this world. To which all of us say, yeah, that's natural. But I dare you to do it in anything spiritual. Because Jesus breaks the mold. And he shatters the delusion that says, through order and progress, I can become one with God. Through order and progress, I can work hard enough and make up for all my deficiencies. Through order and progress, we as a society can be right with God. And Jesus says, that's not happening. The name of Jesus brings problems for those who are looking to find a path to heaven in anywhere other than Christ. But there is no other name that also brings such peace. It might sound like silly irony or contradiction. No other name causes such problems, but really no other name brings such peace as the name of Jesus Because it only brings problems for those who are seeking a way to heaven outside of Christ. But when we look to Christ as the only Savior, the peace is amazing. And so that brings us to that choice word at the very end of the section I read for you. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. And so we announce Jesus. And we proclaim Jesus. And we come to Jesus and we learn about Jesus because what does he do? He brings a peace that the world cannot give. Peace. That is really the key, right? It's trying to find peace in your world. Because it was peace that motivated Peter and John in the book of Acts, in this section here, to be out on the streets of Jerusalem to proclaim a name and a salvation 
which the world was not hearing at that time. They looked out at the people in Jerusalem and they said, you guys don't have the peace. And it was peace that had that, that young monk, that priest, Martin Luther, standing before the authorities of the world and saying, but I can't stop teaching this. Because if this isn't true, there is no peace. You've heard the stories about how Luther was seeking for peace. He would beat his own body as if, as if he could present his self to God as a sacrifice. He would, he would do every possible good work he could even imagine. And yet he would still go to bed at night knowing that his sins condemned him before God. He needed that peace. And when he found it in the name of Christ, he couldn't let go of it. And then there's you. And only you know the extent to which peace is hard to come by in your life. Because only you know the extent to which you have not kept God's perfect will. And you know how much it troubles you and how much it makes you want to stand before God and, sh- and tremble and cower because you can't be right. But there is now no other name that can bring such peace as Christ who stands in front of you and gives you his righteousness. And that's why we as a church stand on him and on him alone. There is no other name that causes so many problems in this world as Jesus because this is a world that doesn't understand Jesus. But it makes sense now when we see the peace that comes from Jesus, why we would proclaim his name so vigorously. Why in the world would we gather together on a regular basis and learn about Jesus? It's because he brings such peace. Why in the world would we send missionaries to distant lands to be tormented, to, come, to leave the creature comforts of home? It's because he brings peace. Why in the world, when, when these buckets go around, are you going to put money in it to support a ministry? Except for the fact that you know that there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It's all about Jesus. And so as we wrap up our series on the Reformation truths that we maintain at all costs, we see how it is through Scripture alone which points us to Jesus, through grace alone, which is Jesus and what he's done for us, and through faith in the work of Christ alone, that keeps us centered on Christ. I personally am thrilled that Springer and Altuve are getting their due. And for this last week, there may be no other name more popular or more necessary for victory than those two when it comes to Major League Baseball. But when it comes between you, or becomes to you and your relationship to God, There is no other name more important than Christ. And that just isn't for this past week, but for eternity. All thanks and praise to our gracious God, 
who gives us his Christ, that we might be at one with him. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.